Bitte machen Sie aufgrund einer technischen Störung also eine Verspätung von derzeit ca. 50 Minuten. Ich wiederhole. Meine Damen und Herren, aufgrund einer Störung der Sicherungstechnikern erstreckt unser also Zug im Moment sieben Minuten Verspätung über Anstoßzüge. Hello and welcome to episode three of High Flyer. Yes, I am back and apparently you are too, which is quite frankly astounding. Uh, but basically, as long as you keep messaging me and telling me that you're enjoying this, I'm going to keep making it. So if you're sending those messages out of pity, or if you're sending those messages without having actually listened, I suggest you stop because as we all know, the world doesn't really need any more podcasts. Anyway, the exciting thing about today's episode is that I am recording from a hotel room in Zagreb. Now, the downside of this is that I'm recording on my phone, so apologies that the audio quality really isn't very good, especially for those of you listening on fancy headphones. But the upside is that I have travelled a lot in the last week and have lots to share. So, here goes. About six weeks ago, I decided to finally book trip to Serbia, Croatia and Slovenia. Now this has been a project in the making probably for about a year. I very generously received a grant from one of the universities I studied at to undergo some professional development and go on a research tour in this part of Europe to find out more about contemporary music in these countries and to meet some people, go to some concerts, you get the gist, to generally enhance my knowledge and make some new friends. Originally, I had applied to go to Budapest, Zagreb and Ljubljana, which was a totally feasible trip to do by land and I'd emphasised in my application that one of the things I wanted to do in this project was explore slow travel as a musician. Then, a couple of months ago, a colleague of mine introduced me to some amazing people in Belgrade in Serbia and I got it into my head that I wanted to add Belgrade into this trip and originally it was just that it was a fourth stop on my itinerary but things unfortunately became a bit expensive and so I had to drop a location and it was Budapest that I had to say goodbye to. So sorry Budapest, I will be back, I promise. Uh, and from this evolved a trip to Belgrade, Zagreb, Ljubljana. Altogether, those three things make quite a nice line from the Western Balkans back towards Stuttgart. However, the problem is that when I told my colleagues in Belgrade that I was planning to travel there by land, they all laughed like properly laughed out loud. Now, I've always been one to like a challenge, so that just spurred me on to look into how I could get to Belgrade by land. And long story short, what I eventually settled on was to fly to Belgrade and then to travel back by land. But I love a long story, and I know that you secretly do too. So let's dive into how you get to Belgrade by land. Now, you've probably ascertained by this point that I love a good train journey. So we're going to start with the options for reaching Serbia by train. 
Now, the crux of the issue here is that Serbia only currently has one international train line. And that runs from Serbia to Montenegro, which is south and completely out of my way and unfortunately was ruled out very quickly as an option for this trip. The quicker ones of you who are concentrating will realise that that means there are no other international train options to Serbia, which makes getting there by train rather difficult. There did used to be a line from Zagreb to Belgrade, which got paused during the COVID-19 pandemic, but seems to have been paused indefinitely. And there also was slash is a line from Belgrade to Budapest. And I say was slash is because it used to exist and it's been closed for refurbishment and they've only rebuilt a third of it. So currently it doesn't exist either. This doesn't mean that it's totally impossible to get to Belgrade by train. The first option is to travel to Budapest and then get the train south to a town called Sheged, get a taxi over the border, hire a car, drive to Novi Sad, and then get the train 70 kilometres to Belgrade. Now, I suppose technically speaking, that isn't really travelling by train because you're driving for at least two hours. And as I grew up in the UK, who helpfully drive on the other side of the road from most of the rest of the world, I thought that this probably wasn't the moment to start trying to drive on the right-hand side of the road and no offence intended to the lovely people I met but given that I failed my first driving test for going too slowly and given how fast I saw people driving in Serbia I think I probably made the right assessment I think I probably would have annoyed quite a lot of other drivers and possibly worse this takes me to option three which is to travel to Serbia through Zagreb and this would mean getting a night train from Stuttgart to Zagreb, something I've never done in my life and which I'm longing to try but have concerns about, I suppose, as a solo female traveller. But it's on my list for this year. So I'd have to get a night train to Zagreb and then in the morning ride from Zagreb to Tavanik, which is on the border of Croatia and Serbia. From Tavanik, take a taxi over the border to a town called Shid. Then from Shid, get the train to Novi Sad and from Novi Sad to Belgrade. So that journey probably would take one and a half to two days. Uh, and I was quite up for it. Until on the day when I went to book my tickets, I looked at the Serbian train app and all the trains from Shid to Novi Sad were either not running at the times advertised or actually not running at all. Uh, there was no relationship between the timetable on the website and what seemed to actually be happening. And I have to confess at this point, I lost my nerve. I decided that my first time in Serbia and Croatia with not five words of the language, it wouldn't be great to get stuck in the countryside. Now, there is actually another very feasible option for travelling to Belgrade by land which I will be taking next time, and that is to travel by coach. So you can get the coach from Budapest, from Graz in Austria, and from Zagreb. And the reason I didn't jump at the opportunity to do that this time is because I historically have been someone who gets quite car sick in coaches and cars when I'm not the person driving. And I thought that probably wasn't the best way to start my trip, so I decided to book the coach the other way, from Belgrade back to Zagreb, in the middle of the trip, as a kind of 
test run. I mean, a six-hour test run, so that's quite intense. But nonetheless, that's what I went for, and I booked a flight to Belgrade, to my deep shame. In the spirit of my travelling, when I turned up at Stuttgart Airport last Monday to take my flight, the plane was, well, not exactly delayed. They'd just rescheduled it. Uh, and I think this is a great attitude to being late in life. Uh, we didn't agree to meet at 3.30. We actually agreed to meet at 4.30. Well, I know that yesterday we said 3.30, but I decided this morning that we were going to meet at 4.30 and I didn't communicate that to you, but that's what it is. I mean, that's essentially what Air Serbia did. They, we all arrived at the airport, myself and all the other people travelling, and the flight time had changed from 8.30 to 9.40. And because that wasn't a delay, there was no grounds for them to refund us. I mean, actually, an hour plane delay isn't enough to get a refund anyway. Uh, but I love the spirit of it, and we arrived in Belgrade not an hour late, but an hour later. So I have been debating over the last few days whether to also tell you about local public transport while I was in Belgrade and while I am in Zagreb. But this really is meant to be a podcast about long distance travel and about taking the green option. And obviously local public transport is the green option, but equally I'm not about to hire a car and start driving around when I'm visiting a city for the first time. So that was the only option. Uh, neither am I going to take a flight down the road to get a coffee in the morning. So we're going to fast forward a few days from Monday night when I arrived in Belgrade by plane to Thursday morning when I was due to depart with the bus from Belgrade to Zagreb. Although in fact we're actually going to start on Wednesday evening when I imparted my travel plans to lovely Ivan who worked at reception in the hotel I was staying in. And when I told Ivan what I was planning to do... He looked at me very seriously and he said, I've never heard of them. It's going to be awful. You'll be bouncing up and down the whole journey. There will be no suspension on the bus. Now, for someone who was worried about getting car sick, this was exactly what I did not want to hear. So I spent the whole night worrying about it. But Ivan, if you are out there, I have to tell you that you were wrong. The bus was fine. It definitely had some suspension. And the other thing he told me uh, was that Agatha Christie's Murder on the Orient Express was inspired by a murder that had taken place on the border of Serbia and Croatia by someone travelling on the train that I was planning to take from Tavanik. Now, I've gone and fact-checked this, and it's true, and the town, I'm, I'm very sorry I've forgotten the name of it, but the town, which is near the border of Croatia, has decided to make this into part of its tourist industry. So if you Google Croatia Murder on the Orient Express Town, you can find a place to go and visit, uh, which is basically the scene of a murder and now also a tourist attraction. Go figure. Anyway, uh, with that information from Ivan, I felt quite glad I decided not to take the train because although this murder took place quite a long time ago, uh, there's, there's something slightly nerve-wracking about it. Maybe next time I'll have to go to check out the, the sights and sounds of East Croatia. Anyway, back to Thursday morning when I had somehow got it into my head that I needed to check in at the bus station 45 minutes before the bus. Now, I really, really don't know where that idea come from because when I arrived at the bus station 45 minutes before, they all looked rather perplexed that I was so early. Well, that's what I thought anyway. When I 
went to ask if I could wait on the platform, I got sent away. And what I thought the man said to me with my very limited Serbian was, you're too early, wait. So I waited 20 minutes. I went and bought a packet of Mentos because I thought that might help settle my stomach. Um, this packet of Mentos becomes very crucial in a couple of minutes in this story. Uh, so the Mentos cost 100 dinar and that meant I broke into my last big banknote before leaving Serbia. Anyway, I waited 20 minutes and then I went back and in my time waiting, I had remembered the Russian word for now. And I thought, well, I'll say sechas to him. Not that Serbian and Russian really have a lot to do with each other as languages. I mean, there's some similarities, but not as many as you might expect. And I thought if I said sechas in a hopeful voice, maybe he would now let me board the bus. And actually... It did communicate to him that I wanted to board the bus and he in return pointed to a sign in English which said you need a platform ticket and they cost 190 dinar. Now, here is where the Mentos become important because they had left me with only 130 dinar in my purse. So I went to the desk to buy a platform ticket and asked if I could pay by card and the answer was no because 190 dinar is like pound thirty or something. It's really, it's not a big amount of money and they weren't going to let me pay by card. So they sent me to the currency exchange around the corner where I found a sign which said back in 10 minutes. By this point, my bus was in 15 to 20 minutes and I didn't know how long 10 minutes really meant, especially not at that time in the morning. And so I did something I've never done before and which goes against every bone of Britishness in my body and I asked someone else in the queue for money. Uh, I was only asking for 60 dinar, it's like 50 cents, maybe less than that. that. Now I've changed currency several times in giving context, but I suppose that appeals to a broader range of people listening. Anyway, uh, she gave it to me. She was my guardian angel and I was able to go back and buy the platform ticket and board the bus. So crisis averted. It would have been pretty horrendous to fall at the final hurdle and not actually get the bus. And if any of you are ever taking a bus from Belgrade bus station, know that you need 190 dinar in cash left to buy a platform ticket. So this bus rolls along for two hours and it's absolutely full, every seat is sold, and they're playing tinny pop music out of the speakers. But I'm not feeling car sick, and I enter some kind of mental state where I'm in the zone, and it's all fine. And then, two hours into the journey, we reach the border of Serbia and Croatia, and as I expected, there was some passport control. What I think I maybe didn't expect, because I haven't done passport control by land for a long time is that we all had to get off the bus and form an orderly queue, uh, have our passports checked and then all go and stand on the other side of a barrier while a dog searched the bus and the luggage underneath the bus. Then the bus drives, picks us all up, we all get back on. And I think, great, I've done it. I've re-entered the EU. No problems, no questions asked. The bus then drives 20 metres and stops and everyone starts getting off again. And to be honest, this was my stupidity. I've done Eurostar often enough where you go through two border checkpoints before boarding the train to know that there were going to be two passport controls, one for leaving Serbia and one for entering Croatia. But I'd forgotten. Anyway, 
the point of this story isn't really to tell you about passport control, which is, at the end of the day, just passport control. No one got arrested, nothing dramatic happened. The beautiful thing was that I saw my first swallows of the year. Um, those of you who know me a bit will know how much I love birds. And they were nesting in the no man's land, I suppose, between the two passport controls. And there was something rather beautiful about them flying around and bringing up their children free of any of the constraints of what a border means or what a stamp in your passport does or doesn't mean and how many days you spent in a certain place. And I thought it was rather beautiful. So post-passport control, we drove, of course, and about 20 minutes into Croatia, the bus pulled up at a service station and the driver made an announcement in Serbian, which I obviously didn't understand because my vocabulary has not extended beyond please, thank you, and can I have a tram ticket, uh, and ordering coffee, obviously, because I've been in Serbia and Croatia and they do good coffee. Anyway, he said something I didn't understand, and everyone started getting off the bus again. I thought, oh, for God's sake, what's happened now? Uh, and once everyone was off the bus, it was just me and the woman in front of me. And she turned around and she said, you need to get off the bus. And uh, I said, why? And she said, because we, we're stopping here for 20 minutes and, you know, you need to go to the toilet and buy food and have a have a break. That's what everyone else is doing and the driver wants to shut the bus. And... It was very kind of her, so I got off the bus and I uh, went to the bathroom and I had a banana. Uh, in hindsight, I really should have eaten more because I did not get another opportunity to have food till half past four in the afternoon. But anyway, uh, when we got back on the bus, I decided to once again shed my British inhibition and introduce myself to this person who'd so kindly translated into English for me. And... We talked for the rest of the journey, like another two and a half hours into Zagreb, and it was so nice, it was interesting, it made the journey go much more quickly. The only thing that's slightly embarrassing is that she asked me whether I had any podcast recommendations, and I don't really listen to podcasts, so I said no, but um, Angela is now following me on Instagram, and I'm following her, that's how we decided to stay in touch. And she's going to see me post this on my Instagram. So, Angela, if you were listening, I'm sorry I wasn't strange enough to recommend my own podcast to you because, quite frankly, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Uh, but yes, here's a new podcast for you to listen to. And lovely to chat. Very nice to meet you. I hope you had a safe journey back to Belgrade. So I think that's all for long distance travel for this week. All in all, it hasn't been bad. The flight was more delayed than the coach, and the coach was nowhere near as bad as expected. So next time I go to Serbia, I'll definitely be giving that coach a try, possibly with an overnight stop rather than the night train. We'll see. I'm yet to be persuaded. Anyway, what else to tell you before I sign off for the week? On Monday night, I will be taking the bus to Ljubljana, and then from there, wending my way very slowly back to Stuttgart, including my first ever 
time in Austria where I'll be stopping for three hours. So that's exciting, although not exactly relevant because this is not about stopping. This is about moving. Uh, and for those of you who are concerned, I did offset my flight with Atmosphere. I'm always open to new suggestions of where to pay for carbon offsets. Unfortunately, because of my job, I do sometimes have to fly or necessitate other musicians flying. So it's always good to know where I can give my money to do good work. Until next time, when I'll be telling you about that last leg of my journey, uh, keep well everyone, keep on the ground, and I will see you in two weeks. Goodbye. Thank you for choosing Deutsche Bahn today. Take care and goodbye.